0: Hi, friends.
1: really hope we see
2: you there. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news?
3: When you're someone who maybe is verified, you know this on Instagram or something, I think people look to you as if, either as if you have all the answers, or as if you think you have all the answers. I don't. I'm just me, doing me, you know, fucking up a lot of the time, trying to figure it out, and trying very hard to be someone who's as genuine as I can be. Not for anyone else, but just for me.
0: Hello and welcome back to Should I Delete That? Uh, Today, joining me, we have a not so special guest (laughs) in the form of my husband, Dave. What a
4: build up that was. Thank you so much.
0: (laughs) Hello, everybody. Sorry, Um, were you expecting like a really lovely intro? Oh, I feel bad now.
4: Well, uh, at least some c- words of gratitude that I'm doing this for you. Oh. <laughs> no, uh, no I, was, I was, to be honest, I think I got away lightly. <laughs> you, trust me, he did. I thought it was going to be called, cool, should I delete him? <laughs> if only, uh, we joke. <laughs> if only I had the capabilities. <laughs> uh, How are you? Um, well... Alex or Al as I call her asked me not two minutes ago are you in a good mood (laughs) (laughs) as we entered the podcast so I mean that sets up everything doesn't it really Um, no I
0: just wanted to check that you were like you know on form and and lively and good to go
4: (laughs) I'm on very good form thank you as I always am um lolzy (laughs) um but no I'm very well thank you how are you I'm good. I'm good. Are I'm, you? Yeah. <laughs> you sure?
0: I'm quite tired, yeah, which is really annoying because there's no like specific reason for me to be tired, but I'm just feeling, you know, those days when you're weeks actually, it's been weeks where I'm just, and before everyone asks, no, I'm not pregnant. This um, is what all my family said, oh, it's because you're pregnant. No, I just feel, I'm not pregnant, but I just feel so tired. You know, when you're like, you could just. It, if, I, if you put me in a bed right now, mm. I'd be asleep in 20
4: seconds. Yes, but that is, well, no, generally you find it hard to fall asleep, whereas I'm the complete opposite. I could sleep on a clothesline. Um, Literally, yeah. But you have the ability to sleep for uh, an ungodly amount of time.
0: Oh, you know how people say, oh, I, uh, I don't need to use an alarm. I just wake up. I wouldn't wake up.
4: No, <laughs> I don't Al- think... Alex generally in the morning will put on at least minimum seven alarms. Oh, at least. Seven. But the problem you have is you separate them out too much, so you'll leave like what five to five to eight minutes between them, I and by five. that time you're asleep again. Whereas I put them on like every minute.
0: No, to, to be fair, the first one always wakes me up. It yeah, no, the first one always wakes me up, but I just panic that I'm it's not going to, and I panic that I'm going to sleep through. I'll always remember the time when I was I was doing an internship uh, in Paris. I don't know. Um, be-
4: Here we go again, everyone. <laughs> did, did you know she's lived in Paris?
0: <laughs> I just wanted to like reiterate for anyone who isn't quite aware. <laughs> aware. So cultured. <laughs> Thank you. So continental. Um, I over. I was doing an internship. I had to be there for nine, um, and. I woke up and, you know, when you wake up and you're like, oh God, it's really light in the room. Why is it so light? And why am I not waking up to my alarm? And I looked at the clock and I literally like 11 (laughs) o'clock, which is really difficult to get, like make an excuse for. What can you say? Because it's okay to be like, oh, I overslept. I'm 15 minutes late, but I'm three hours late. Like I overslept. Like that's, that's embarrassing. You just have
4: to hold your hands up, don't you? Do you? Yeah. (sighs) Um, I won't mention you snoring. I've got a sore throat. Well, actually, I just did. I've got a sore throat, everybody. Yeah, here we go. Honestly.
0: I have, though, haven't I? I've got really pussy tonsils. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
4: there we go. Um, but honestly, it was like it was a plane landing next to me. Seriously? Yeah, it was unbelievable. Really? Yeah, and it woke me up and I was like, I was stuffed and then I was awake.
0: What time was it? I think
4: it was about half four in the morning. Was I on my back? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, arms behind your head. Oh my God. I can only
0: apologise. Mm. I'm so sorry for waking up. Really? I don't normally snore though. No, but that was, that was a good one. I made up for it. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Talking about snoring. God, this is boring. This is like, this listen to all domestic, domestic bliss. Um, Talk about snoring, you are the worst. But I'm am such a heavy sleeper; I just sleep through it. But your mates, all of your mates, are like they won't share a room with you when you go on stag do's. <laughs>
4: <laughs> oh dear, uh, yeah, but you know it's it's a natural. It's because I sleep on my back.
0: Okay,
4: I think that's the only reason why.
0: Um, good, bad, and awkward.
4: Yeah. So, are you
0: ready? Have you got your good, bad, and awkward? No, I'm
4: gonna be you. Flying a bit on the seat of my pants here, but...
0: I knew you were. I've, got I've my said aw- to him, I've got my
4: awkward... Uh, I've said
0: to him all week. <laughs> yeah, but I was hoping Friday. during the week
4: something would come.
0: Yeah, but at least, you know, it, at, at, the, at the point of last night, you knew nothing was going to come. So you should have just had them together last night. What this says to me is that you've not put in enough effort
4: and I'm annoyed. <laughs> but I'm going to follow your lead. Okay. So you, you can start, please. You're okay. good
0: i will start with my good so my real goods are that i met my niece yesterday
4: you did
0: yeah um she's not got a name she's a week old uh over a week old still no name which is very on brand for my family well for, for catherine for my sister um
4: can't make a decision
0: to save her life uh so she's not got a name yet i think the between like four which is ridiculous um so they're having like a day of calling her one name each and at the end of the four days they're gonna decide
4: (laughs) i didn't know that everybody that is the most ridiculous so ridiculous honestly it's just so on brand for Catherine.
0: (laughs) to be fair i think it's what i would be like as well
4: you know what's gonna happen though don't you your mum will end up <laughs> naming her. Naming her. Yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: So she's not got a name, but she's beautiful. She's the most beautiful, cutest, tiny little thing. She's gorgeous. And yeah, I was very um emotional and excited to to meet her. Um and I met baby Arlo this week as well. Well, last week. Yeah. Oh yeah, last week now. But um The third. Em's little baby Arlo. um, Yes, the third host. She's so cute, so sweet. And yeah, Em seems to be doing really well. And yeah, it was just really, really nice to meet her. It was just really weird because obviously I've seen it, you know, during the pregnancy, I've seen Em so much and I've literally like watched her grow by the week. And then it's just crazy now that there's like a little baby there. It's mad. Yeah, I know, I know that that's how babies... I'm, I've realised before this point that that's how babies work, but...
4: Yeah, it's funny, isn't it? After nine months, they come out.
0: It is amazing, though. It is amazing. And, like, I was looking at my niece yesterday, and I was, like, looking at her hands, and she's got fingernails, like...
4: Well, that's always a good sign. <laughs>
0: Catherine grew that in her body. So weird. It's just crazy to me, honestly. <laughs> Not so crazy to you?
4: No, I, I, the
0: body's amazing, though, Dave. Well, no,
4: the body is amazing, yes, but uh, no, I mean, I'm very uh, rational and boring, so it doesn't—it doesn't really amaze me, I guess.
0: How can that not amaze you though? To grow a human being inside of your body.
4: No, that's true. Okay, I'll give it to you. It is amazing.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Great chat. Um, so they are my real goods, um, but an extra little good. You know my love for pistachio. God, oh,
4: God's sake. It's kind of a weird obsession, yeah. And it, I wouldn't say it's kind of. It is a weird obsession. Why?
0: I just love pistachio.
4: Yeah, but it's the excitement that you get from yeah, watching. Oh, I do, I do. Oh, from watching? Yeah.
0: Oh, my God. I... Love pista- I love eating pistachio. I love watching anything to do with pistachio. I live and breathe the pistachio life. So I saw on TikTok, um, this girl had been to a restaurant in Leicester Square in London, and she'd found this pistachio croissant. Right. And it looked insane on camera, on, on the, her video. So I dragged Genevieve yesterday. <laughs> I dragged Jen to go to this place and pick up a pistachio croissant and we did.
4: And it was disappointing.
0: No, 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 no. No? It was unbelievable. You know that pistachio cream that I used to have?
4: That sat in the fridge for nine months?
0: Well, just because it was a huge pot. (laughs) Let's go on. Yeah. Yeah. And then sit in the fridge (laughs) for nine months. It was eaten, but it was, I bought an enormous pot because it was on offer, like a huge pot of pistachio cream. Actually, I think it was, no, it was pistachio nut butter. So it's different to what this was. It was filled with the most beautiful pistachio cream that like, it was stuffed. It was stuffed with pistachio cream. It was
4: stuffed, everybody. It was stuffed.
0: Pistachio cream drizzled on top. Oh, wow.
4: Oh, well. Oh, wow. Yeah, but have it... it okay, it, it looks great. Blah, blah, blah. Does it taste good?
0: This is the thing, and wow. I'm going to upset a lot of people here. I don't necessarily love a croissant. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, like the, uh. the croissant itself. Like... The pastry, I don't know. It's not that I don't like pastry, but for me, a croissant is lacking. Like, it does need something inside. So it's not going to be a 10 out of 10 for me. In an ideal world, it would be, I I don't know. It wouldn't
4: be a croissant. It would just be pistachio.
0: I think the the, uh, croissant has sugar in it, maybe, which I don't like.
4: I don't think uh, croissants don't really have sugar. I don't think. I think it's just mm, butter.
0: Yeah, maybe. I don't know. There's something that I. There's something that's off for me about a croissant pastry. But if it was like a cake filled with that, or yeah. Anyway, you can tell I'm passionate about this, though. Passionate about pistachio.
4: Yeah, you should do pistachio reviews. That could be your thing, couldn't it?
0: Oh my god, and the hashtag could be passionate about pistachio.
4: Do you want to share where this place was with? The
0: oh listeners? yeah, sorry. It was called Baria. Baria. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
4: i mean that's one of the worst things i've ever heard it was called baria everyone no
0: but it had a double a in it ah, right. Okay. that's why i said baria because <laughs> you know when you smell what sheep do yes. they go bar. Yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
4: okay
0: um what's your good so
4: on. uh i haven't actually met our new niece uh as of yet um they only let me uh, visit the the children after about you know two months uh, no, um, I haven't missed my new niece, but obviously that is fantastic and great news and I look forward to meeting her. Um, my good was a very selfish good that I've recently it. become a member of a golf club.
0: Oh my God. I don't know if I've talked about this on the podcast. I have might you not? have
4: done. Uh, this is going to be very boring for everyone, but a, a lifelong um, roller coaster with golf. But something I've always wanted is to be a member. When we lived in London uh i didn't wasn't able to because we were right in the center of london trying to be a member of golf club was impossible and now i finally have my escape from al oh piss off (laughs) that i could justify spending five to ten hours away from her on the weekend oh
2: get stuffed (laughs) no
4: but that is my good i'm finally a member of a golf club um as well as a number of brother-in-laws and uh friends so that is great news and i look forward to not seeing you all summer (laughs) um
0: do you know what i look forward to that too like i love you going to golf as much as you love going to golf because i get to watch my shit programs and zone out and a bit of escapism for a while and some peace you know it's it's nice it's nice to be alone (laughs) well congratulations
4: many thanks on your
0: new life milestone
4: uh my new life (laughs)
0: because
4: to our bads yeah hit me What's no, your bad? 1st you're, you're all. I, I follow you. You're the professional here. I am, oh, no, no, I am no, no, Mr. No. Amateur.
0: No, no, This is. Uh, you are following me. And I'm saying to you, what's your bad? Um, this, listeners, is because he doesn't know his bad, because he hasn't thought about it, because he hasn't prepared.
4: No, I, I do know what my bad is. But it, again, it's boring, really. It's uh, Arsenal lost to Man City. Oh, my <laughs> God. You did not bring that as your bad. Well, nothing else as bad has happened. In, in my world, but yeah. That's... Oh
0: my God. It doesn't have to be like, a, it doesn't have to be a bad bad. It can just be like a mild, you know, like an inconvenience.
4: An ing- no, but that's my awkward. <laughs> I have actually got an awkward, which probably says everything. But yeah, no, my bad is Arsenal lost to Man City. <laughs> oh, and okay. our, our title charge, well, our title race is slightly stumbling. Um, but yeah, yeah, that was that was my bad. Um, apart from that, my life is rosy. I love how you just really hit those like the stereotype there yeah joined a golf club lost at football man comes onto podcasts <laughs> talks about golf football but that's why i'm i was just saying um you talk about boobs so you're awkward <laughs> <laughs> um probably um but no i was just saying that re- that's when you realize your life's not that interesting isn't it you've just caught me on a bad week come on i've had so many interesting things happen i just you know just caught me on a bad. Great, week.
0: the one week. <laughs> the one week that were you could you've taken your bad from last week or the week before. <sighs> Guys, I'm disappointed. Oh, sorry. My bad. My bad is that I feel like a third wheel in my own household.
4: <laughs> How did I know this was gonna come up? It's
0: been my bad before. It's probably gonna be my bad <laughs> again. Um look.
4: Okay. Let's you're
0: see. obsessed with the dog, and the dog's obsessed with you, and it's just like one little happy family. Yeah. And I feel like a weird outsider that's just like desperately looking for love. And I, like I said to you the other night, imagine if you treated me the same way you treat Betty. Imagine how much. I can
4: take you out for walks if you want.
0: Imagine how much better our marriage would be. There you go.
4: God, <laughs> I feel like I'm on a Jeremy Kyle show there. <laughs> yeah. That's a throwback. <laughs> that is a throwback. Where's the security guards? But it's just one of my best friends oh that's quite sweet but um (laughs) and slightly weird but yeah um, she's now got my flip-flop in the bed (laughs) which i probably need to go and rescue from her because otherwise i won't have one um but yes no uh, listen it's not a you know i know it's not a slight on me it's our family but you are you are you know, in your rightful place somewhere sort of down the pecking order. <laughs>
0: uh, and I feel it. Don't worry, I feel that. I, I sense that. feel that ranking, so, yeah. I'm just really happy for you both, honestly. I feel like
4: you've got to <laughs> up your game if you want to get back up in the stakes. Like, you know? what?
0: Do what? <laughs> what do you want to do?
4: I don't know. Uh, yeah.
0: Well, you- just so you know, I'm glad I've raised it. I didn't have to do it in a public... Forum, but I did. Um, but I've raised it now, so there you go. You know how I feel. I
4: didn't need to re- give do me a favour. What? You've raised it on uh I was gonna call it LinkedIn then. Uh Instagram before, have you not? Onto our awkwards. Onto our awkwards. You go first on this one. Okay.
0: So we went to a screening of uh, eugene levy's new series docu-series docuseries travel series. Travel,
4: docu-series travel series travel
0: docu-series called the reluctant traveler and we went to a screening of it um it was actually quite fancy the screening wasn't it we didn't quite realize and we turned up late and yeah it was I'm not it was, dressed for the occasion i'm definitely not dressed for yeah. the occasion um Yeah, we turned up late, flustered. And yeah, it was quite a fancy screening. And the man himself was there, Eugene Levy, Levy Levy, being interviewed by Alan Carr. Very cool, very exciting. But we watched, we were at the back, we were in the penultimate row. Yes. And we watched two episodes of the series. And sitting behind us was the man himself, Eugene Levy. This made me incredibly uncomfortable because I was like, what if he doesn't get the reaction he wants? Like, he's sitting here in front of an entire audience watching his baby, you know, something that he's made, put so much time into. Like, what if he, you know, he's expecting a reaction and what if we don't give it to him? So I felt like I had to overcompensate for the, rea- <laughs> for, for the reaction. So anytime... Was that
4: be- so is that why you threw popcorn all over the cinema? Wait, I'm getting to that. Ah, okay. But
0: whenever there was something mildly funny, I was like, <laughs> sorry, that was probably hugely offensive in the microphone. Um, I would slap my thigh, like I was, I was clapping. It suddenly pantomime
4: wasn't. <laughs> literally,
0: it, well, it was, was not. Like I was literally like just trying to like give him the. Re- it was, it's, it, and it was good. It was nothing to do with the thing. I was just like, I felt bad for him being there, and I felt like it was my responsibility to give him like a good reaction because we we're sitting right
4: in front of him. Um, it, it's a weird concept, isn't it? Because, well, I've never done anything like that, but to ha- sit there and w- almost watching people react to your stuff.
0: Oh my God, there is no way on earth. It's like so, list, it's like watching someone listening to the podcast. i die. <laughs> I would absolutely, I couldn't do it. I'd just say, no, no sorry, like scream without me and then I'll, I'll come in after. I just can't do it. <laughs>
4: <laughs> no, it's it's terribly awkward. Should we talk about the popcorn? Go on then, yeah, I'll let you explain that. So we uh, decided to sit on the end of the row and they were very kind. They gave us bottled water, some popcorn and a couple of chocolates or something like that. And everyone was sort of, you know, all glammed up, you know, very sort of uh, respectful, edging past each other. And I'll klutz over it <laughs> 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 with a drink, a bag and everything, just sort of basically not. All the popcorn all over literally the uh, cinema. I know. And I, I just, I turned. Oh, I was about two yards behind, and I watched it happen. And I was just thinking, here we go again.
0: I watched it happen as well. <laughs> <laughs> but it was just like nothing I could do to stop it. It was like slow motion, but it was in the walkway for everyone. So
4: everyone was crunching through it as everyone,
0: they walked past. and everyone saw me as well. And it was just, it, yeah, highly I mean, embarrassing, yeah. wasn't it? But more embarrassing for you, because you were sat on the very end, so it looked like you'd done it. And you kept, you kept saying really loudly, <laughs> like, oh, look at, what, look at your destruction, Al. Look at the mess you've made, Al. I was like, Dave, chill out. Like, <laughs> It's fine. You sound... <laughs> doth protest too much. Doth protest. You're awkward. Hit me.
4: So, as many of you know, my life sometimes resembles The Truman Show. As in, it's recorded without my prior consent. Oh, please. (laughs) And uh, put up on the interweb for many people to view and comment on. Yes. This has been a story of our existence because I don't, as everyone probably does or does not know, I don't have social media apart from LinkedIn for work. So I don't see it. I don't know what goes up, what doesn't go up. But I do often get told, in the early days, my group of friends used to lambast me for some of the stuff, but it's now softened because they're sort of used to it and kind of accept it. However, I have a new group of friends, uh, so-called work colleagues, and I was out with them last night <laughs> as we had a couple of um, guys over from the Australian office who so we were leaving today and we went out for a meal with them. Lovely night. Lovely night. And then a video appears, someone showing a video. And there's, you know, lots of laughter, everyone finding it very funny. (laughs) And it's of me dancing around with a tea towel on my head. (laughs) Now, someone has decided that they want to follow Alex. And they (laughs) have decided that they need to show all my work colleagues the video of me dancing uh, around with a video on my head and also share with everyone around work. Mm-hmm. So now everyone <laughs> knows where they can get insight into my life without me knowing, which is also a bit awkward given that I only started probably about 6 or 7 weeks ago.
0: There is just one glaring problem with all of what with all everything you just said mm-hmm. is that you said filmed without my prior consent and put up without my consent. That video, Dave. It's the, Miley, the Fla- uh, Miley Cyrus Flowers one. You performed for me in that video. You literally performed for the camera. You put the tea towel on your head. You danced around. What did you think I was going to do with it?
4: No. Just Put it in my private collection. I understand collection. certain bits of content will go because you asked me to and that's fine. The other it's hardly thing... one for the wank bank, is it? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Well, I don't know what type of listeners you have. Maybe it is. <laughs> I do do a good drop lunge in it. So, you know. <laughs> You're welcome. But yeah, it's um, always slightly unnerving. Uh, and it, it's also similar in public situations when everyone comes up and goes, Oh, Dave, this my day. And I go, oh, how do you know who I am? Okay. Look, this is a time to be very open and honest. Mm. Okay.
0: It's just us. We're just amongst friends.
4: <laughs> you
0: kind of love it.
4: Not really. You though.
0: kind of love it. Fine. You do kind of love
4: it. No, I don't.
0: Whenever someone comes up to you. Would you
4: call me uh, a man who seeks the limelight?
0: No, definitely not. Right, okay. There we go. But when people come up to you,
4: mm.
0: you do kind of love it.
4: No, I don't. <laughs> you don't. Do. So it unnerves me. It unnerves me. So what what's their reference point? Hello, your day. What's their reference point? What what do they they immediately have a, an opinion on me, which I don't like. Oh. And then, what's their opinion shaped on some narrative that you're creating? Correct. That's false, by the way.
0: Yeah, I make you look better. Don't worry, I make you (laughs) you look better than you are in real life. Don't worry about
4: that. (laughs) Um, So yeah, it's just um, yeah something that I'll probably never get used to. Well, Uh, there we go. I think that is my that was the only one I had prepared. Well, not prepared. The only one I had, as you said, caught me on a bad week.
0: Well, there you go. And Good. I don't
4: think I'll be invited back next week.
0: <laughs> um, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to persuade her. Should em, I delete
4: that? goes downhill.
0: <laughs> downloads drop. <laughs> Massive drop in downloads. Listeners
4: flee for the borders. <laughs>
0: As Dave wipes out their whole audience. Sorry, Em. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she probably is listening. So I, I am sorry too, Em. This is my fault. On to our guest for this week. And our guest for this week is... I'll let you say it.
4: Lucy Davis, a.k.a. Dawn from The Office. One of my favourite shows of all time.
0: Yes. Um, Lucy Davis, who I literally love. I'm obsessed with her. We started following each other um a while back on Instagram and just like casual DMing. Like she's so kind. She shared loads of my stuff and she's the nicest person. Like she's the nicest woman. I love her. And I asked her to come on the podcast thinking this is such a long shot, but you know, I'm going to shoot my shot. As we do on the podcast, you know, we shoot it far and wide and and um you know, with varying degrees of success. And she so kindly agreed to come on. And it was, I'm really excited for you to listen to the interview, actually. It was so brilliant. Originally, we kind of wanted to talk to her about what she has been through in, you know, through being in the public eye and how that's been, being under a spotlight and with the media. And, and, you know, she was famous at a time when the media was, you know, famously at its its cruelest and most toxic. Um so that's kind of what we wanted to talk to her about. And we did talk to her about that. But she's now got this very pragmatic and peaceful way of looking at what she's been through where where she genuinely she genuinely seems to have made peace with it, which is really cool. Um, So I feel like we kind of went through in the interview like went through a journey like with her on it and came out in this really positive space. Like, she's really great. She should be a life coach. I think we said it in the interview, but like, I want her as my life coach. She's really brilliant, full of wisdom. Um, And it was a very cool interview. And yeah, I can't wait for you all to listen to it. And you too, Dave, you'll love it because you really like her, don't you?
4: Yeah, no, she was um, fantastic in the office. Like, uh, you know, her talents, obviously on screen, unbelievably uh, talented, that that whole group were. Um, But it is a fascinating, like, I don't envy anyone... Particularly of that, well, it's not that generation, it's even this generation, but particularly someone who grew up, uh, sort of became into the spotlight, probably unknowingly in that time, how they're. Yeah. Uh, Brutal. Coming back to me, hate the line, hate anything, although you think I love it, but I, I just wouldn't, <laughs> I, I don't think I'd cope well with it. And I, yeah, yeah I'm um, very very much looking forward to listening.
0: Yes, without any further ado, here is Lucy Thanks Davis. Thanks for having me everyone. I promise I won't get him back again. Yeah,
4: no. I I think like you should do a poll and I think it would be re- it would be a resounding never again.
0: Okay. All right. We'll do a poll. Um, Hurry back
4: soon, em <laughs> Yeah, please. Em,
0: please come back. We need
4: some charisma back.
0: Love you all. Bye. 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 Hi Lucy, thank you so much for joining us today. I'm so excited to have you on. We've been following each other for a little we a little while now and I was just yeah. like biding my time before I um, asked asked you to come on. <laughs> before <Probably> I pounced, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Yeah.
3: I immediately thank said you. yes.
0: You did. Thank you. That was really kind of you.
1: (laughs) I think for the first time in in our podcast history, my brother will listen to an episode. We've we've been going for over a year, and he's shown (laughs) absolutely no interest. And I feel like (laughs) now he'll be like,
3: "I knew he and I get on." how are you doing yeah really good yeah yeah a little little quite a bit going on at the moment a little overwhelmed in fact I was saying yeah. earlier that I was quite glad to do this podcast because now I've got an hour where no one can ask me to do anything
0: <laughs> yeah you've got a bit of a crazy situation going on at home right now haven't you you've I got have. two rescue dogs that's kind of just mm-hmm. like landed in your lap yeah um, yeah so that's gonna be interesting two rescue
3: dogs that that are living in a spare room. And they have one, I've got, luckily got two balconies. They have one of them. My dog has the other. I'm having to keep them separate because I don't know if the the rescue dogs have parvo or anything like that at the moment. Um, I'm trying to find them homes or fosters or rescues. Um, I'm also moving house and I'm working and I'm going to San Francisco at the weekend to do
0: uh improv festival so yeah it's fun it <laughs> <laughs> <That> sounds it <laughs> what show are you doing at the moment so you're you live in LA now right mm-hmm, I do yeah I've been here for about 20 years now have and you this is my 20th year and I'm like
3: it's like a different lifetime ago when I was in London wow it's like I it wasn't this life um but yeah 20 years and I'm doing um a show at the moment called Villains of Valley View. It's a Disney yeah. show and we're doing season two of it. And it's it's very lovely. It's um, it's 20 minutes down the road. Like To do a, a series regular in Los Angeles where you live. Well, that's yeah. my first time in 20 years that I've done that. Because normally you travel or whatever. And um, a lovely cast and crew. Great comedy. Oh, I love it. So I'm very, very lucky to do that, I will
1: say. This is a massive, nice. like, um, question. But do you just, I can't, I can't explain it the other It's just, (laughs) just about moving to, like, I feel like, I I mean, I would be shit at living in LA. Like I'm such a Londoner. Um, And I feel like a lot of people would take a lot of, um ownership of you like a lot of british people would feel very like you're one of us but there there are some british people who just thrive in america and i just wonder like do you obviously you prefer it because you've chosen to be there but what is it that makes made you leave the uk
3: I think it wasn't much of a decision as I'm leaving the UK and I'm living here it's more something that happened I came over in 2003 because BBC America were now showing The Office so they brought us over here for a week or something then I was like oh and I got a manager I was like oh I'll come out for a few weeks and do a pilot season then I went home and I did the um, Christmas specials of The Office and Shaun of the Dead so that that trip was cut short and then in 2004 I Well, i'll go out again and do pilot season and then i got a pilot so it kind of like and then i ended up marrying here although we're divorced now but to a to a brit who lived here so we just and we were working it's just more that happened it was never a matter of preference um i lo- i lived in london for like 13 years or something and i love london so much i miss it um greatly actually and when i get to go back what I love about going back is that I get to stay usually in the centre of town. I used to live in barns. Altogether, I was, like, done with living there. Um, so I, when I go back, I get to go and stay in town, and I really like that because I can just go and see plays or meet up friends or go to bars or whatever. I, I just... it's. I love going there and I love going to a Greggs
1: and (laughs) getting a (laughs) pasty. It's one of the things.
3: I try to not make it sound as exciting as um, more exciting than seeing my family and
0: friends. But um, yeah. (laughs) No, that is a big incentive for going to the UK for sure. For sure. (laughs) But speaking of your career, we would love to dig into it a little bit if that's okay with you. Yeah. So... You had a few, you had a few parts before The Office, but it was that, it was The Office that really kind of skyrocketed you into the limelight. And it was obviously the show was such a huge success and internationally as well. We want to know like how it was to suddenly find yourself as like a public figure and someone that like people recognize and...
3: Yeah, Uh, it was an interesting journey. I think when I, I mean, I've had a period in my life way after The Office where I had to reevaluate if I still wanted to be an actor and I can talk about that another time if you want. But um, prior to that, I'd always wanted to act. I don't know that I wa- I knew what I wanted from it. I don't know that I knew why I did. I just know that, I mean, anyone who was at school with me would have told, been able to say, yeah, Lucy would want to be an actress, you know what I mean? I would always be organising the Christmas pantomime if we were doing it, or, or whatever it was. I was doing Amdram, and I, I always liked... Uh, even when I was <laughs> 14 or 15 I remember hanging out in McDonald's as you do uh, on a Saturday morning <laughs> with all the group of whoever and I would be in McDonald's <laughs> doing a skit like I remember watching do you ever remember that comedy sketch show called Naked Video? No I don't think so no. No. and there was this amazing actress who did a skit and it was like a monologue and I adopted it as my own and and I used to do it in auditions, and I used to do it in auditions for drama school. But I used to sit in McDonald's with like <laughs> kids from friends from Chelmsley Wood and different and Solihull, and and I think that they let me get away with it because. Everyone was so confused, <laughs> they were like, what's she doing? Everyone else was <laughs> smoking or trying to like be cool and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, hey, good morning everyone, here's my skit. And um, I mean, how I didn't get like hit, hit <laughs> I don't know. And um, so I always wanted to do that. And then when I worked before the office, I just liked doing the jobs. And then when the office came and it gradually, it was more of a gradual thing because not many people watched season 1 and then it kind of kind of kept being watched on reruns and different things and then i started to be aware of oh that's that girl from the office and then i started to be aware of that's Lucy Davis as opposed to the girl from the office or dawn from the office and then and so i thought how great that would all be when that happened and for a minute it really was it was like oh that's cool like oh cool <laughs> whatever and then i Came to realize not too, maybe a couple years in that I just wasn't made for that. I I'm quite a private person, and in terms of like I will talk, you know, I've talked about my eating disorder, I've talked about all different things. I'm open about those things, but in terms of like everyone looking at you and and thinking that you're being uh, seen or watched when you're just in WH Smith. Do you know what I mean? I I haven't enjoyed that. And so I had a couple of years of going, oh, this is fun, and going to this event and that event, and you know, and doing a red carpet or going to this award show, and it was all fun for about a year, year and a half, and then I went, mm, I just, I don't know. I and now I'm here. I've done the rounds in the early days, specifically because I'd had a manager that was like, you've got to go to this, uh, Elton John's Oscar. Viewing party, for example, or or the Oscar gifting suite. Who wouldn't really love to do those things? And I went to them, and this is nothing against Elton John's party or the gifting suite, but they just weren't for me. I I felt distinctly uncomfortable. I would be much more comfortable if I knew tons of people there. Now it's just an evening out with your mates. But going and I'm not a good networker. Going posing for a red carpet. When everyone says, you know, turn around so you've got your back, I'm always like, no, I I don't know what, I don't know what to do. Well, who are you wearing? When I first was asked that question, I was like, who? Um, I didn't know what that meant. And I, it was the golden globes and I was wearing an outfit from pilot. And I don't think we have a pilot now. And I I was literally there. Yeah. And I was literally there going, can you, can you look at the, and uh, because I was so unprepared for any of it. And then I tried to get more prepared and, This is nothing against anyone who likes those things. There's nothing wrong with anything. It just isn't how I enjoy myself. And um, uh, I'm fairly social, but I'm quite an introvert, really. And I like uh, being on my own.
1: (laughs) It was a very brutal time, and I don't think it's got much better, and it's, it's changed, but it was a very brutal time, like the British tabloid magazine era like the sort of late 90s and early 2000s was probably the cruelest journalism that any country has seen at any point like the to women um yeah like i cannot comment on like i don't know like far east journalism i don't know but you know, it was just it was so cruel and i always imagined to be a woman in the um limelight at that time must have just been very stressful it was but
3: because we didn't have today to compare it to and people going, wait hang on you're asking her what now like who was it on on thank fuck it's friday uh oh the chris evans one victoria beckham yeah where jerry halliwell yeah, yeah like like i don't remember seeing that back then When I saw it on on your stuff, I was horrified, but I was like, what would I have thought back then if I'd have watched it? Because you're so used to it. Like when the Me Too movement happened, what I hadn't seen or understood or appreciated was the tiny things that we become so used to that you forget they're a thing. So when someone's saying, well, you need, like, I would have, I'm not going to say, it's not a famous person, but I don't want to put a friend in it. You know, uh, this older guy would pat my bum when I was in, like, 21, 22, and be like, oh, oh, got a few pounds on there, haven't we? A, you're touching my ass. And B, you're saying that. But back then, it just, I mean, I didn't like it. And I said so. I said, hey, let's not do that. And then I asked my boyfriend, can you ask him not to do that? Um, And because it was his dad. So, uh, and he was a very nice man. By the way, very nice man. Couldn't have been kinder or more caring. And sometimes I think in this today's world, we can also forget that as horrific as things were, because the pendulum always has to swing that way before it finds its balance. And at the moment we're in, we're over here with the pendulum. The balance of it is, I believe there has to be some room for our lack of knowledge and awareness X amount of times ago, some room for it in micro things like that. Like I know this guy would never have want to, wouldn't have known it was inappropriate. I didn't know it was inappropriate. I just knew I didn't like it. And I didn't know back then that that was good enough that that was a good enough reason for something to not happen.
1: Yeah, we didn't have the language for it.
3: We didn't, and we didn't have the... If I'd have said, yes, but I don't like it, that probably wouldn't have been enough for a lot of people back back in those days, probably myself included. I'm not... I was no guru, do you know what I mean? It's just what we learn as we go along, and the voices in these conversations, I think, are really important. And sometimes going back a long way is important for many reasons. And at the same time, like when I, if I'd have watched, I was like, if I'd have watched that Victoria Beckham, how would I have felt at the time? I don't know how I would have felt. I can't say, because I didn't have experience. I may well have thought, oh yeah, did she get it back in, back? all right? How did she do that?
0: And I was like, well, how, did she, how did she lose that weight then? Because I'd have been writing it down. Same, yeah. I, I, don't, I don't think I'd have thought it was anything... Outside of what is acceptable, I don't think that would have even crossed my mind because yeah. we were just, you know, we are, we only know what we know, right? Hundred yeah. yeah. percent, And if that's all we're seeing, how do we know any different? Yeah, yeah. But thank God the narrative around that is changing. But yeah, I imagine, I imagine being in the public eye at that time and just having so much scrutiny on you, and probably scrutiny. Well, definitely scrutiny on the way you look because that's what the media did and still does continue to focus on when it comes to women. That must have been very painful. And like, how old were you when when you were when the office became like super famous? I think
3: I was because I remember getting the pilot, and it was we were closing down for Christmas, nineteen ninety nine. I'm pretty sure. Okay. And this is why I love. I'm very into law of attraction and kind of live my life by it. Um, And I remember back at the time not knowing anything like that then, they wanted me to sign a contract for, was it three years? And this was quite new in the UK because over here, because seasons can be so long, like 22 or 24 episodes, but in the UK was six usually then. Um, I remember going, sign a contract. And they said, and I remember thinking, I I really want to be like doing bigger things I you know and it wasn't because I thought this this wasn't great I loved it but I didn't know what it would lead to and I wanted to to go to America and I wanted to see what was out there and I wanted to do film and different things and of course I learned that this was the way in and and sometimes we we panic and think we've got to get we've got to get there we've got to get there and we're so focused on getting there that we're not I'm not on what's happening right now and what's happening right now if we just allow it and let it be is actually unfolding for us to be over there but we don't let things go and we we try and push and force it do you know what I mean so yeah I was about 26 or I probably was 27 actually by then yeah
0: yeah. So, so, still at a pretty vulnerable age, you know. Yes, yeah, still like a vulnerable sort of age. Stuff
3: out. Yeah, and yeah. now it doesn't seem like. I know it's not like I was eighteen. At twenty-seven, you know, you have all these things of where you should be and what you should be doing, and it's also silly. silly. Um, but yeah, so I was like, oh my god, I can't sign that contract. But yeah, when I and when I did the second season of The Office, I was I was bigger in size than the first season. Oh my god, I just. I remember no one said anything on the office. No one said a word. Um, but uh, I just remember assuming that everyone saw it and everyone was talking about it behind my back. And, you know, because also I, I have a very disordered mind when it comes to my body and, and food. So I've, I've accepted that I don't really have a right now to to decide if I look slim or not, decide if I mind. I don't really have that right to, to, to give myself. I've just got to accept what I am and, and let
2: that be, really. Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new custom spray five-in-one gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges and curves, Without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If. Only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news...
0: Speaking of your eating disorder, and you actually opened up about that in 2012, which, by the way, was a really cool thing to do. And it is a cool thing to do anyway, but especially at that time, because there was still, I mean, people are speaking about it a lot more now. There's a lot of people that are are speaking about their eating disorders, but at that time, it was still very much tightly wrapped. Anything to do with weight and eating was very tightly wrapped in shame um, and a lot of stigma as well. So it was it was. Uh, like a a very brave, I, I hate that word, but like it was a brave thing to do Thank at that you. time, no, but and it will have helped a lot of people. But what what made you decide to to do it and to open up about it? Because for
3: a very long time, a rough guess around ten years, I had only had criticism about my weight and my body and how I looked. I'm not saying there was no nice article, um but it was either too fat or too thin. Looks ill, looks drawn. A lot of the time, I was ill and drawn. Um, but you know, eating disorders are are, are a, a mental illness, and anyone who th- thinks that's ridiculous and that's great because that means you don't go through it. So that's the good news. Um, you you can't. It, I can understand for any addiction, but I think especially with eating addictions is that and body dysmorphia. If you don't have it, I can understand how completely ridiculous it probably looks. I can totally understand that. It's like just eat less, move more. I, I don't know, you know. So at the time, I'd had another, yet another article, I think from the Daily Mail, about I was coming out of a CVS, which is like a Boots back at home, and I was carrying a lot of shopping, and I was I was very slim at that time. I, um, and I don't, I don't even know if I was underweight or overweight, but um, I mean, underweight or slim, I, I don't know. But anyway, another article coming out, poor Lucy and, you know, you know look at uh, the, the A lot of newspapers, especially in the mail, do this false uh, sympathy or this false bigging up of you. So they, they big you up so much that it can only draw criticism. Or they, poor, poor Lucy, so And... You know, I was just trying to figure my stuff out. I was just trying to figure out, and I kept hiding, and I didn't want to leave the house if I was less than 110 pounds, and I can't remember now what that is in stones, I'm sorry. Um, I didn't want to leave the house if I was less than that, and uh, I was convinced that my my whole life would be better if I was the right body, or or my whole happiness would be good if I was the right body. My whole self-worth would be validated if I was the right body. I couldn't tell you where that came from. There's a whole mixture of shit uh, that that comes up in just life in general. Um, I could for sure blame the press for a lot of how I felt during that time. But, you know, something that I would like personally to see more of today is people taking responsibility for their own stuff. You can be in, I read a book called Man's Search for Meaning by Viktor Frankl, who was in um, a a Nazi concentration camp, and he wrote a small, powerful book. Um, Obviously, it's a hard read, but the one thing he says is, they took everything from us. They took our uh, money, our possessions, our hair, our clothes, our dignity, but they could never take from us our ability to choose our own attitude in any given circumstance. And I thought, if he can say that, I, I think I can, because I ain't there. So I, lo- I thought about that for a long time. And I still sometimes think about that today, because it is very, very easy to fight for our right to stay a victim. And it doesn't do us anything. Even if you now go and get a ton of people to agree with you, okay, you can be buoyed up for a bit on other people's agreement of your opinion. But you're still allowing and waiting for an external source to, to validate you. And we have the ability to do it ourselves. It doesn't mean we can't help others. It doesn't mean we can't be helped. Um, but I'll tell you now, if I have a problem and someone's hurt me, I am the kind of friend, and that's what I want in a good friend, is. Not to say, oh, well, forget him. You know, oh, you're worth 10 of him. I don't need all of those things. I, I like to find a solution very quickly and move on. Then wallow, and I'm going to call it wallowing, in being a victim about something. And because without... So in terms of going back to, I could say, that yes, the press were a cause of a lot of my unhappiness with my weight. And that wouldn't be untrue. But in doing more work on myself now, and as Eleanor Roosevelt said, no one can make you feel inferior unless you give them permission. And so I don't give that permission now. So you can say these things about me, and I'm not saying it will never puncture, and it will never have any effect, because that wouldn't be true, and I'm human. But I'm very quick at going, oh, wait, that was nothing to do with me. It was nothing to do with me. And the more you understand your own power, the better you will be. And Because we can blame a lot of people for a lot of things, and we wouldn't be wrong either, by the way. I mean, I went through hell with with that press stuff. It, it, It tortured me for a long time. But to some degree, that was also my permission. And the more I got of it, the more I went, what can I do? And then I wrote that open letter to the son, I think it was or the mirror, um, and I just said, all right, here it is, this is me, have at it, have at it. you can criticise it, but at least you're going to be criticising the right thing, rather than making shit up, and then choosing to criticise that, because there's so much made up, you know that, so much st- stuff in the press is, is made up from pure nothing, um, so I was like, well, go at me then go at me, I don't have anything else to give you anymore, it's just, here's the story, here's a bit of it, and tear into it, I don't know.
1: It's an amazing, no, it's an amazing thing that you did, and I think it's really interesting what you're saying about, like, the, it's very empowering, I I, I and I, I don't know what you went through, and you went through it for such a long time. To a lesser extent, I've had my issues with, particularly the male, Um, and it really not my self-esteem for a really long time. And it, and you're right, when you stop giving them the power, it hurts less. But learning that you don't have to give them the power, and this applies on this scale, but it applies to so many people in so many areas. Learning that you don't have to is so huge. And it is so vital for everybody's happiness going forward. But what you did to do that publicly, like writing it as a, I I feel like again, 2012, it's getting better, but it's not like it is now. It's not like, you know, people doing this on Instagram or whatever and, And you've got your legions of your followers behind you and you do something like this on Instagram. But to do it as you did it then is so brave in that you're being so vulnerable with the people that have hurt you, which is often the biggest sign of strength. But I wanted to ask what your... what the Was it terrifying or was it freeing to do it? Uh,
3: I think at that time, I just was exhausted. I was exhausted with... On other things as well, just like with trying to figure out what how to think about myself, about my body, about my who I am, who I was. The the best gift that I've ever given myself is is allowing myself to go and it doesn't happen overnight, it's a journey, but who am I? And letting myself be that person even though there are people I've got way less friends now than I used to have because now I'm just me I'm fully unapologetic about it I work I work on things that I would like to, to be different about myself it'll change I'm open to the fact that it'll change the whole time because the only constants is change and but back then I, I feel like I was just almost like you know what you, you've taken the best of me in many ways. I, I can't do a single thing right. That's what I see. It doesn't matter if I'm slim. I can't be a universally pleasing weight. I might try to be if it could, if it could, but I couldn't be. So I'm mentally struggling. and mentally going under. I mean, my anorexia started probably on and off in my 20s when I realized that not eating was much easier than eating and stopping and so it was much easier to go I'll have a couple days without eating and then that got quite uh, like it's like an aphrodisiac (laughs) you know if this that's the word it's got quite powerful feelings quite an adrenaline rush and then where it was just as my marriage broke up when I couldn't stop eating and I was panicking Um, because I'd lost a lot of weight. So I was really happy because I'd just lost a lot of weight. And I was panicking now because it was going the other way. And I remember thinking, what if I just throw it up? Because I was so full, I felt sick. And that was the only intention of throwing up, is like I felt so unwell that if I throw it up, it'll just, I'll feel better. And I did, but I got all these other things with it that I didn't expect, which was a feeling of being high, a feeling of euphoria my jeans felt looser. And I was like, okay, okay. And every, like any addiction, it will creep up on you because you, you set yourself lines you won't cross and then you cross that line. So now it's another line you won't cross. Like an, an alcoholic might say, well, I don't drink before noon. And then suddenly they drink before noon. Well, it's beer and wine. It's not, you know what I mean? So you always have a line that you say you won't cross. And um, so I was, and I was in London at the time. So I thought, well, it's just been my London thing. It's fine. And then I was on the flight and I had all that, and I went and bought all this shit for my flight, and I was kind of eating it on the plane, and then went into the bathroom to throw up. And when I came out, just in case anyone had heard me, I would say to the flight attendant, Oh, got a bit of a stomach. Oh, God, I had to throw up there. In case anyone had heard me, I wanted to confirm that this was. And if I would go and buy, if I wanted to go and buy a shit ton of food to eat, I would either go to different stores so I didn't look like I was buying it in one. Or I would have I wrote this pilot with someone once and about our experiences in rehab and wrote a scene of me going into a store which is what I had done and having long conversations with the with the store owners, a little Irish store here, about why I was getting all of these things. And I was going, Oh wait, hang on, because she's coming to stay, she's gonna want the ginger nuts. Um yeah, and and I would just make up a load of shit just because I was so embarrassed at the things I was going to buy. And, um, but yeah, so, and then when I started throwing up, it was, uh, uh, it was very good for me. It was very good. It was like, it wasn't just about eating and getting it out. It was, it it made me feel at peace. Yeah, it it sounds so bizarre, doesn't it? Like, that's why anyone who doesn't have this, I totally know and understand that you sound like, Someone else said to me, "This is first world problems." I was like, "Probably right, you're probably right." But it, but here we are. It's because we live in a world right now where everyone's trying to get everyone on their side. Like we've got to think alike, otherwise you're bad, I'm good, and and you can think it's a first world problem, and you might be right, and I don't know. I, I have no interest in arguing on that to decide if it is or isn't. I have only interest in going. And now, how do I figure this out? because I don't want to live like this.
0: Whatever it is or isn't, it's a very real problem. It's
3: real for me in this moment. It's very real. Yeah. Yeah. I always say, like, you, you, you draw this line and you go, okay, this is my life. This is what you know about it. So you're judging me on this bit, but all of this has happened that is making me take decisions today and making me have reactions and responses today. And it's totally up to me as to whether I go do I want to have this reaction in response it uh or do I not and and to figure that out but because of course people are seeing the tiny bit of your life they go what you throw up if you that's this that's that's this, the other I was like yep no
0: nope, absolutely I no longer fight it think it it's totally fine yeah yeah I I I, do, I think that anyone who I mean, it's a mental disorder, and you know, anorexia has the highest mortality rate of any other psychi- of any psychiatric disorder. So, and I and I do think like it's so incredibly dismissive for people to say, especially to someone who has an eating disorder, that it's just a first world problem. You know, you, you, if you for anyone who's experienced it, they can't dismiss it as that. So, I'm sorry that you've yeah. heard that. Like, that's really yeah. unfair.
3: Bless
0: you. I, I heard it.
3: That was the first I heard it was when I wrote that letter. And for about an hour, I read some comments and then I went, you know what, no, no. And since then, I've never looked myself up. I don't, I read my Instagram post, my Twitter post. I don't go on to, so so say at the moment, I'm doing Villains of Valley View. I went to a screening, we we were shown the first three episodes and then I've not seen a single episode after that. I don't look at the Disney uh, comments by people, I look at mine. It's how I do my life, everyone, you know, have do what you want but I I do my job I slightly forget that's the bit I love I slightly forget that it airs
0: and and then I get about the rest of my life and that's how it works for me love that I love that I I I wanted to point out and I know that you know I I don't want to sit too much with the media and the press because I think it's actually, it is cool. And like Em said, it's super empowering what you said about like giving them the power and not giving them the power. But when I was doing uh, research for this interview, um, we found, you know, what we found particularly sinister was that you'd been very open about this eating disorder. It had been printed Everywhere it was, you know, it was reported widely and positively. And it was very common knowledge that you, you know, you you suffered from an eating disorder. But then those same publications and those same media outlets that printed you know, all of that at the time, yeah. are now printing things saying, oh, wow, she's lost so much weight. Look at her. And it feels it feels really sinister.
3: can't remember what they said, Alex, and whether it was... Because I don't know that they went, she's lost loads of weight, so she looks great. I think it was... I think... I, I really could be wrong, but I think it was a focus on being fit. And I was like, okay, I'm all right with the fit focus. Yeah. Because that wasn't like... It was different. And so... Yeah. I'll take that. I'm not there to engage in more. I'm not there to do articles now about my what You, you see on my Insta post, I don't put, I post the gym stuff because I, my brother, um, trains me and I was really proud of what I could lift. I never yeah. thought that I could do these things. Like I was so doing cool. a 145 pound glute bridge thing. And I was Amazing. Like, what? I, yeah. And he said, women don't know how strong they are. He, it's yeah. his passion in his life. He said, "Women don't know what they can do because they've always been told they can't," yeah. and so he. So I was really proud of this, and um, so. But as you know, I've never shown a picture of me in my old jeans hung out to the side, where, where <laughs> yeah. I'm much smaller now, and I've never gone. I've never said how much I weigh, how much I've lost. I've never focused on the weight loss. I I have never. I will never. And a couple of times when people have put comments of like. How much weight have you lost? Sometimes I'll say I don't talk about weight. I have no interest in weight. I don't know what I weigh. Um, and if some people might comment on about, oh, you look skinny, good for you. I ignore it. I just ignore it and I move on. And um, and yeah, that's that's all I got. But you know, when when you're someone who maybe is verified, you know this on Instagram or something. I think people look to you as if either as if you have all the answers or as if you think you have all the answers i don't i'm just me doing me you know fucking up a lot of the time trying to figure it out um and trying very hard to be someone who's as genuine as i can be not for anyone else but just for me and because it matters to me and it it changes how i go about my day if i know that I'm as real as I can be it doesn't mean you have to share everything with everyone but you but I just have to not have a have a fake persona for Instagram that I'm not really um so yeah I don't even know if that's a question you'd ask me (laughs) something I go off on tangents
1: like that's the most um like uh, I've never heard it explained like that that um, people think that you think you know everything, or what I got your wording just there. I was like, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, you've just explained or they, Instagram and in like, one exactly, line. Or, yeah. the, or that they think
3: I must think I know everything. Hey, yeah. I'm verified, so I know everything. No, I just someone just gave me a tick. Yeah. It probably was my publicist years ago that got me a <laughs> yeah. tick on Instagram, and so yeah, I, I, I just I'm like, Hey, I'm just figuring out like all you. I, I, you know, and I'm I'm going to be fifty next month. I can't wait to be you fifty.
1: Know, I know we're not supposed to. Like, I don't know. I'm trying to be <laughs> age positive, but you look so good. Thank you,
3: thank you. I've got a filter on.
1: <laughs> yeah, a bit filler.
3: Yeah. Oh, I had my filler the other day. <laughs> Ooh, fun. Oh, nice. Yeah, I had a bit of filler for my marionette lines. Oh, do you like it,
1: Yeah. Do you like it? I I yeah. I told my husband this morning that. After I'm done with like this, the baby that I wanted to get Botox in here, and I was looking, I was like, "What do you think?" And he was like, "I don't know what the answer is." He was really funny. <laughs> like, so oh. cool. and so like, Botox okay.
3: there that could look because my eyebrows are usually straight little, and low, but a little there the is left. like that, yeah. So people yeah. will often say, "How can you say that it shouldn't matter?" <clears throat> how people look and blah, blah, blah. but then you go and have your eyebrows waxed or your hair coloured or whatever it is you do and I'm like it's not about that it's about we get to do what we feel like doing like some women wouldn't shave their armpits or their legs because they're like no I don't want to and I'm not doing that for a guy that's brilliant I just happen to like mine shaved that's how I like it it ain't for a guy it's how I like to be so so I just think that we Everyone likes to make things so complicated, do you not know think? Like, there's all oh, well, if you think that, now there's this rule and this rule, and what about that rule? And I, I don't know, man. You you do you. Jog on, do you. And, and figure out your life, because I'm sure there's shit there by the sound of this conversation. <laughs> so, but for me, I'm just getting over here, getting on over here and, and, and doing the, uh, I think most of us are just trying to survive really well. Do you know what I mean? We're just trying to survive. And when we look at constant criticism of whoever, whether it's us personally or someone else, and it's constant criticism, I think that it's a, a great way for others to deflect. Uh, and I have a great compassion for this, but for others to deflect from themselves what they're going through and and how hard. Because life is hard since COVID. Life has been hard for people. There's a lot, of, lot worse things on the, the streets, and there's a lot more homeless, and there's a lot more... Just even just with these dogs, I can't get them into a shelter or a rescue for love nor money because everything is so overwhelmed. So I think we're just all
0: trying to survive the best we can. Totally. I do, I do hate the whole, like, people judging going back to like people judging people for like getting their hair done or like their eyebrows and whatever it's like oh my god women have been shamed for not doing that stuff for so long or like shamed into doing that stuff and now we're gonna shame women for doing that stuff like come on cut cut them a break like jeez we're all just like doing what we need to do to get by and um yeah Yeah. I love my highlights I had them done today that's that's their stuff. That's the great thing, is the more, more I understand the
3: concept of what someone says about me in cruelty, is actually probably nothing to do with me. The more I understand that concept, because when you listen to it, you cling to it a bit because you want that to be true, but you probably haven't thought, okay, so what does it actually mean? And very often we say things to and about others that aren't kind either because they're mirroring something in ourselves that we don't love in ourselves or because <clears throat> we are just not happy, we're, we're angry ourselves and we lash out and I can do it for sure. I mean, if I'd have been on that bus on Friday night with my boyfriend when, when he saw a guy kicking the shit out of two dogs, I don't know what I'd have done. I think I'm a yeah. fairly placid person. I don't raise my voice. I've never been violent. But I, I don't know that I could have been trusted in that moment. You know?
0: No, no. No, I'd want to kill him. Yeah,
1: hold me back. Yeah. <laughs> yeah my mum's got quite say. a strict policy about people who abuse animals, and she's like, we just have to do the same to them. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> We've got one of the rescue dogs at home. He had his nose cut off by someone when he was Aww. a puppy. I know. Oh, my and my mum's like, let me at him. I'm going to cut his nose off. I'm like, can't do that, but okay. <laughs> <laughs> a, he's actually he's thriving now i can't i'll send you a photo afterwards he's literally living his best oh my life god! and his oh tail and his ears it's awful <gasps> people are awful but i can't stress this enough he's had such a happy ending he of, course, really is thriving. of
3: course not only is that horrific but that won't be the first and only time that person has done that let's face it
1: no until my yeah. mum gets at him in which case <laughs> You won't make that yeah. mistake again.
3: Yeah. <laughs> How do we arrange that meeting? I
1: know. <laughs> I'm keen. Uh,
3: yeah. Yeah. Jesus. I'm glad he's had a nice lie.
1: Yeah. People. Are, people suck. People just do suck. So. And I think. I mean, just spin it back to the feminism stuff away from dogs. Um, I think people and we've Al and I have been talking about this a bit recently. People are very. Um, it's like we're really going out of our ways to look for things to criticise women for. And I actually think, like, I mean, particularly in the UK, like, I mean, I of uh, your fame obviously being with um The Office and then I mean I loved this is like my own fangirl Shaun of the Dead is like one of my favorite films in the whole world thanks but they're like I've actually got so many like personal questions about what it was like to film that but I digress um (laughs) but I I think um you kind of they're kind of like blokey environments it wasn't like the typical girly um, yes, I guess like Mean Girls came out at that time, and like that's it wasn't the sort of chick flick stuff. I guess that you starred in, hundred
0: percent.
3: And yes. I
1: just want like that must have been quite frustrating that it's like you're being nitpicked and having your body this and your actions and everything, and it's just like it, the starkness for you being a woman in um, kind of a mat broish, broier space.
3: Yeah, and I think I, I will say. Looking back, and given that that was like 2000, early 2000s, because we weren't like we are now, I don't think I'd thought of it like that. I don't think I would thought, all I knew is that, as usual, I'm the one woman in the many men, because, and I'm trying to think back on, I mean, obviously I did Pride and Prejudice and that was multiple women in that, Um, I'm trying to think back over things, but, yeah, they were more, I guess, more male-orientated. But I don't recall having a thought about that at the time. I don't recall thinking... that. But, yes, as the woman, you're definitely picked on for how you look much more. That's what they're going to much more. You know, the others are considered the comedy, and then the woman is like, looks X, Y, and Z. But I didn't have... When did I really start noticing it? But I mean, typical of our British press, it's it's not at first. They're all for you at first. And then we, we won the Golden Globes, and then that was wonderful because that was a, a victory for, for Britain in itself as well as, as us personally. And that's how it was reported anyway. And um, But it doesn't happen. It doesn't take long for it to suddenly... I think that's... It's just... Every, the press knows it themselves. I'm not even... I can't, at this point... I I just have no interest in judging and criticizing it doesn't do any good it doesn't change it anyway um, it just makes me mad and I don't want to feel like that so but yeah I think the pattern is well known that you be you're unknown you're built up and then you are brought down because there's no fun in bringing down someone that isn't already known um, the fun is to make make them Huge. That's You know, I see that in the Harry and Meghan thing. That's my feeling on that. And it's like, I don't know who they are. I've absolutely no idea. Never met them. Um, I do know that the treatment they've received should be reserved for really, really horrific people in the world and not for these two. I don't understand that at all. But again, I do think it's another example of people needing to hate. They need to. And they are very... They, they lack a huge awareness of themselves in the fact that they need this. They need this. It's like a rush, almost, um, to to hate. And we really forget, God, it's a huge thing. We forget how much we don't separate the facts from the story. The facts are what with Harry and Meghan? We don't know them. With me, with my eating disorder stories, when you read something, or you've written something about me, what are the facts? The facts are, I've come out of CVS holding shopping bags, looking thinner than you've usually looked. Other than that, the rest of it is a story that we have about it. And the biggest um, joy now for me is that when I'm hurt by something, I get to go, what are the facts and what's the story I have around it? Um, What uh, Byron Katie says, uh, but is it true? And even if you go, yeah, but is it true? Is it really true? And we, when we read the press, we never ask ourselves that, ever. Mainly because we probably want, want it to be true, because other people's sort of misery is taking us, us maybe out of ours. I don't know. What's that exactly. expression? They
1: say, never let the truth get in the way of a good story
3: yeah
1: 100% 100% yeah yeah
0: Yeah. at the risk of jumping around here and I'm I'm sorry for that but I just have to speaking of things that um we don't know if they're true or not I read this and I just I I I think from an it had been quoted from an interview you'd given and I just wondered if it was true because if it is it's a little bit horrific (laughs) um but that you turned down a role in the Cameron Diaz film in her sho- shoes because you would have to play her fat, ugly sister. Is that this true? Is, it's so, uh,
3: no. Um, so here's a story about that, that I find this, first of all, I find this fascinating that millions of years later, this is still a story. Yeah. Even I, I will go into interviews still today and be asked that. And I Sorry. <laughs> have, no, I don't mind you asking. I'm glad to actually say it on a video, as opposed to someone who's recording it and writing their words. So I, yeah, When was it? I had I. I think this was like 2003 or four. I was asked by Curtis Hanson, is that the director, to fly from London to New York. I, um, Audition with Cameron Diaz in a hotel room, and uh, fly home the next day. It was to play her sister in in her shoes that Tony Collette ended up getting. Now, uh, and I hope no one this this is just my factual part of the story because I think Tony Collette is uh, beautiful and wonderful. Um, uh, but I was told, I think either by my manager then or casting, and I. I don't know who, I can't remember. I was told it was to play Cameron Diaz's fat, ugly sister. I did not turn that down. I went willingly to New York. I mean, hilarious that I was thought of as fat, because I wasn't, But, but no. I went there, um, now now, after all the Me Too movement, I'd have definitely said no to a hotel room, but this was totally legit, great, above board. Cameron Dears was as nice as you could possibly be, friendly, helpful to me, both of them. And then I didn't get the role, the end, flew home. I've told people that story. I don't know who I was in a cafe one day, someone overheard it, either they misheard it or they've written their own version, I have no idea. But I, ever since then, I've read that I turned. I was like, why would I turn it down? I was. It was ages ago. It would have been a great job for me, and even despite all the fat, ugly sister bits, it would have been. Dawn was meant to be hugely fat. Was she? Um, But they, yeah, and that's not why they cast me because they thought that I was fat. By the way, but just because uh, after hundreds of auditions, this was just what worked for them. Gareth. McKenzie Crook was meant to be a very different role that was written in terms of um, looks and how he how they they envisaged him. So things do just change because Tony Collett is neither
1: fat or ugly and and all the rest of it, but no, I never... I wonder to. that they don't write it like that to just invite comments. If it's like Maybe. you turned it down. I don't know. I, I just trust no one. I trust nothing.
3: No, 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 I don't really. And... It used to really vex me years ago because I would have hated anyone. And certainly in terms of my career, like the director, to have thought that I had lied and said I'd, I'd been offered something that I wasn't.
1: That actually um, does make sense then. Sorry, I've just been playing it in my head. If you think like a Daily Mail journalist, so you're the worst person in the world, if it's saying she's turned it down because she thinks she's too good to be the fat ugly sister then it turns people against you then it does make people comment bad things about you that would Mm -hmm. probably be the Mm -hmm. psychology of it
3: yeah nowadays you you maybe have a psychology of i don't think it's appropriate that i'm considered fat at this weight like like you know like back then it was that this weight now i am now might have been considered hollywood fat whatever um but I know I definitely wasn't offended um, at the time, whether I should or shouldn't have been, but I wasn't. I was just really glad, like, to have gone straight into a flight to New York to sit in a hotel room. Hi, darling. I should come back from my little walk. <laughs> and to sit in a hotel room. So, yeah, I was just very flattered to have been invited invited straight to that level of audition. And, um, uh, and then I didn't get it. And then I was bummed not to get it. But otherwise, there you go, you know. Yeah. But it didn't offend me. And because I think Cameron, and I certainly then thought Cameron Dears was so beautiful, I was like, well, of course I'm fat and ugly in comparison. That's, that's, the, main, that's the thing that I've changed now. And that was where right. the work was needed. Yeah. The work wasn't needed in other things externalised externalized that. The work was needed within me to know that you, it doesn't matter that your physicality um what comes from from who you are it for me is about it's about is what it's about much more
0: than anything else despite my Botox (laughs) (laughs) well I'm I'm actually really glad that we cleared that up then and that you like got it on the record on video I said it
3: on the record in interviews before but that's not a fun story so nobody then prints that part of
0: the interview it's crazy because I've, I've, yeah. I've read a few articles, a good few yeah. articles with it in, it was just printed as truth, like no. very explicitly, so. No, no,
3: I, if I'd have turned that down at that level of my career with that level of a job, then, well, Yeah it- I would have been stupid.
0: I've never had a desire to be an actress, but I think I'd take that as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
3: I mean, hundred yeah. percent. I'd be like, "How do I become uglier?" <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
0: I'll do whatever it takes. Whatever, I'll break my own nose. Oh
2: yeah, yeah. Well.
0: Look, Lucy, thank you so much for doing this. Honestly, it's really cool. Uh,
3: I've, I've so looked forward to talking to you both. I love what you do. I love all your articles on Insta. And um, uh, I just think you have such a lovely message and you're very firm about what you say and think. You don't take any prisoners, but equally you're not so aggressive that you can't hear you because I find that about like like i'm you know animals are my big cause in life my big thing i'd love there to be a day where the animals get their voice i'm not gonna lie we we talk about everything else but them because they don't speak and vote (laughs) um so um uh, but i when people talk about veganism vegetarian i'm vegetarian that's something else i'd like to clear up i put a lot of um, when i cook things i try to make things that I like, like lasagnas, vegan. And so then, I'll because I think it might be of interest to someone, I'll post it. But I'm realizing that people have thought I'm vegan. I'm vegetarian and I try really hard to be vegan. And I am the majority of the time. Sometimes when I go out to eat, I have to choose between my veganism and my diabetes because I can't do the two. Very long story before anyone asks me for that. (laughs) There's a, a reason and I can't be bothered to say it right now and um so i so i post those kind of things just to like hey if you like lasagna i think this tastes like real lasagna but there's no meat or dairy um and there was another reason i was saying that what was it
1: well people oh, come to people are very critical if you do one thing a little bit good you have to do everything good 100 percent, 100 percent. but people yeah, are awful yeah. with the view i'm mostly plant-based um yeah and I will not use a vegan title anymore because all that happ- all that happens is people just catch you out they just try and catch you out. Try oh, so yeah. They said think they're vegan, catching you were but yeah, but no, you actually you've bought no. a pair of rug boots or you've got a leather jacket or you've got whatever and yeah. it's just like, oh well fuck it then. Like what are yeah, you going to just go yeah. and eat like sixteen Big Macs? Because like
3: I, I know. Yeah. And meanwhile they're sitting there, you know but then you have to remember we all have our things. We all have the things that we gravitate to the most. So there'll be people who who get at me about environmental issues. I do my best in that area. But they'll say, well, you shouldn't have that because that's a, like, I I have this, this water uh, in here, and then I I keep refilling it with stuff or then I'll put it in recycling. But that's sometimes not good enough. So, and I'm like, "Uh uh-huh, but you're also eating meat. And, uh, but I'm not getting at you for that. Right. I'm just letting you do your thing. I do mine. And that's how we all get... A ton of shit done in the world because if we all thought one thing and we all only cared about the environment no one cared about anything else then nothing else would would have a voice fought on their behalf so it's the, the diversity is what's important and the diversity is what people don't realize they're stamping out by trying to get you to think the same as me and you to think the same as me. And now I'm gonna fight you if you don't. And now I'm gonna say, educate yourself. Read that again. Do better. Oh, all of this Do not, better, yeah. yeah. Do better. better.
1: It's so it's so. But then when you do better, then they go Actually, don't you remember three years ago you said this? So actually, I yeah. think you're a bit of a hypocrite, really, for what you're doing now. hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. But the great, totally. But the great thing about
3: all of that, when you're someone who's verified on Insta, when you have more of it than others, eventually, well, for me anyway, I become very indifferent to it, and and that is actually very helpful. I go, oh, you know what? Never gonna. I know that if I put a post on about. A sunset and a giraffe. It's just, oh, lovely, blah, 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 If I put something that I think is important for me, maybe because, like, I remember going to speak on the steps of Congress about, uh, of the city council, about uh, circus animals coming into California. And I get more hate comments and shit comments for those kind of things. And I find that Fascinating that you're, you don't have to agree, you don't have to do it, you don't have to sign a petition, you don't have to donate, you don't have to care about it. But you do, apparently, have to criticise it. And I'm like, where has that hurt you, though? Where has that hurt you? That, isn't it fascinating that when you put some, a post on that's about kindness to something or someone else, that will bring out more hate not for a lot of other not for everyone but that will bring out those comments so there's that for their their psychology so that's when that's when i care less about what those people say or think of me cuz so i'm like hey hun i just put a thing on about how i don't want elephants in circuses cuz they have meat hooks put in their hooves to get them to do something in their feet and that's what i did and apparently now it's not okay with you and now it's all anger and well you shouldn't support peter peter because they they're animal abuse no they're not but i'm like that's where you're going to spend your energy today fighting the fact yeah, that so i just tried to help
0: <laughs> an
3: animals elephant in, help yeah an elephant Get just trying to help an elephant yeah and your energy today <laughs> is that and that's your energy to deal with and not mine and I don't let it any longer spill into mine. But I used to, for sure.
1: You, um, I love your brain. Yeah, so do I. You should be a life Thank
3: coach. You. Yeah, you really should.
1: No. Oh my I God, will you to... be mine?
3: <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Only if we both do it. Because I need to learn a million things. A million things. Being, I think being open to to change, open to your opinions changing at all times, is is the best thing we can do. Because we have an opinion and it can be really real for us in this moment. And tomorrow I know it could be different. And I no longer have to keep fighting for the one I had so that I don't lose any validation, do you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, but I, I listen to a lot of Abraham Hicks, I will say that because I'm. once I found that and I, I, I listen to other things and I read other things and I, I tend to take what works for me and leave all the rest behind um, if it doesn't, um, but I listened to a lot of Abraham Hicks. I find it very, it changed my life, that's for sure. And I started to work a lot more and I started to become a lot more peaceful and content with who I am, what others thought about me. And that was all through that, for sure. Thank,
2: Thank you so you much. so much. <laughs> oh, I love you
0: guys. Yeah, I love you I love Thank you too, so was, much. Yeah. Oh. Oh. I was so, we were so excited for this, to interview you. Uh, <laughs> if, if I'm back in
3: London at some point for a, uh, and yes. more than a night yeah yes. let's do something I'm inviting myself yes
0: definitely oh my yeah. god yes let us know for sure <laughs> Should I Delete That is part of the ACAST Creator
2: Network Small details are big surfaces tight corners or odd shapes flat rounded textured or tall whatever your next project